Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hey, real quick, before we dive into the episode, I want to let you know that this episode is a feature from one of our NP Specialty Takeovers episodes. What we're going to be doing is over the next few months, we're going to be featuring four different NP specialists giving a behind the scenes look into their career, how they got there, what they studied, kind of how they emerged into the specialty. Now, you'll hear four of these episodes here on Nurse Becoming, my regular public podcast. However, if you want to hear all 10 of the specialty takeovers episodes and hear them right away because they're all available right now, I have them inside of a private podcast feed that I would love to share with you. So if you head to nptakeovers.com, that's nptakeovers.com com, you can enter your email address and for free get access to this fun private podcast feed with all 10 of the NP specialty takeovers episodes. So I hope this is helpful and let's dive right in. Hello, hello, Amanda here. Welcome to the NP specialty takeovers series. I am really excited to feature some colleagues of ours in the nurse practitioner world who are working in specialties and who I've invited on to this special series to share a little bit about them personally and what their path was, how they got into their specialty, and basically a behind the scenes of what their day-to-day life looks like working in the specialty. So I am super excited for this. What I did was I had a while back, I put up a question box on Instagram and asked my audience what specialties you would like to learn more about. And I got so many responses. Thank you if you are someone who submitted a suggestion. And what I did was I went through and I tallied them all up and I chose the 10 most popular or the 10 most frequently suggested specialties, because those are the specialties that you and my audience are wanting to know more about. And that's how I chose the specialties that will that we'll feature in this takeovers series. So 
You will in a little bit hear um, from one of our Takeover's guests. And just so that you know, the way that we recorded these, we recorded these as an asynchronous interview, meaning that I gave questions to our guests and they recorded their responses. So rather than a back and forth conversation, what you're going to hear is some stitched together audio from our guest answering the questions that I posed to them. So it should be pretty easy to follow and should basically come across as a narrative of a behind the scenes look at this person's day-to-day life and how they got into their specialty and they and what they um, recommend for future people who are interested in the specialty. So I, like I said, I'm very excited. I, I really want to know what you think about this. I hope that you enjoy this kind of new way uh, of seeing into the lives of everyday nurse practitioners like you, because I really think that in order for us to make good decisions about what direction we want to go in with our with our career, we need to have this exposure and we need to learn about what's available to us in the workplace. And um, especially if you've had, you know, just a handful of clinical uh, experiences or, or they were all focused in one area, you may not even have ever been exposed to some of these specialties. So hopefully this gives you more information that you need to make good decisions about what is next for you. So we are going to dive right in. I hope that you enjoy this interview and I can't wait to hear what you think. Hi, I'm Janice, an avid seeker of life balance a mom and a wife. I'm also an assistant professor in a graduate nursing program for FNP students. I'm an adult certified MP with a subspecialty certification and clinical experience in palliative care. I've been immersed in the field of palliative care for eight years, practicing as part of the hospital's inpatient palliative team. Prior to that, I served in several capacities in the same hospital with my last direct care RN role being a CVICU nurse manager who still took um, care of patients. My interest in palliative care happened from the operations side and truly proximity. My director of the CVICU was also the director of palliative care and I was tapped to do data entry for the team. And it was then that I noticed that several of the patients that struggled to recover in the CVICU did not actually have improved outcomes as medicine promised, but revolved through the hospital with lengthy stays, sometimes ending in their demise on the inpatient side or transitioning to hospice, all with the family being totally caught off guard. It was such a moment for me when I looked and realized, wait, Mrs. X didn't go home, why? My clinical curiosity was peaked and I rounded with the physician, gaining perspective and on the job training. So there was no previous experience. I also immersed myself at that time in the literature about palliative care. My APRN program was adult focused, care of the adult population and the outpatient side. At that time, I didn't even know the definition of palliative care. My interest in palliative care again began from just proximity. Palliative care is comprehensive care for patients and families living with a serious illness. And it begins with that early impeccable assessment of symptom burden that often comes with a disease process or burden that at times come 
with medicine's attempt to cure the disease. The therapies are symptom-based and the conversation with patients and families and the medical team are aligned with the patient's goal. So for that patient with pancreatic cancer whose goal is to attend their son's wedding in Chicago, will that second round of chemo support or hinder that goal? What is the effective symptom management for nausea that will allow him to enjoy a small bite of the wedding cake? When I understood that aspect of the specialty, my interest was piqued. My clinical rotation while in grad school was meaningful, but it didn't spark any interest in me wanting to practice in the primary care setting. So again, no palliative care was incorporated in my nursing curriculum. And while it's incorporated now, it's still lacking that dedicated focus that is needed. I did a one-week immersion course with Four Seasons Consulting in Asheville, and that was career-changing for me. As a faculty member, I now incorporate palliative care in my lectures. I recently took a sabbatical from full-time practice to grow in my full-time role in academia. But in practice, I had a dual role as the program manager and the practitioner. The consultative team was a practitioner, the MD, a licensed clinical social worker, and admin slash data coordinator. I would get in at seven, review the census, and triage. And then once trust was established with my collaborating physician, I led the team meetings and guided our day. We would divide the patient load in new consults and follow-ups, and we could have up to five new consults per day and eight to 10 follow-ups. My hospital has bylaws, um, with some limitations on NPs' role seeing new consults. I would see mostly follow-ups, and of note, follow-up encounters could be very in-depth because of the illness trajectory and hospital course. There are more questions from the families and sometimes more family members with questions. Like, I thought I agreed to the ventilator and this was going to make mom better. Why is she still on the vent? Palliative care is very relational. It's not transactional. And so as providers, we must allow time for the family to understand and process the pathology of advanced diseases and sometimes the limitations of medical intervention or when treatment becomes more burdensome than beneficial. And these conversations could take lengthy times. The learning curve for me was documenting appropriately and billing for those prolonged service visits. So Team wellness was also important, and we were a close-knit, supportive team. Some of our more challenging family meetings, we always did as a team. So I had excellent physician oversight and support. I was blessed to have this role as my first MP job with a very balanced work schedule. While the direct care role had its emotional swings from sad patient outcomes, and I had a lengthy commute of 55 miles each way, I worked four 10-hour days with a midweek day off, which allowed me to balance life. I have young children, so it allowed me to balance life and just take a pause from the high emotions that came with having some of those palliative care consoles where the outcome was less than favorable. There were no weekends and holidays, and the physician was very supportive of my admin role and ensured that I had admin time. I did the data entry for our national palliative care registry and prepared our presentation for our C-suite quarterly meetings. So I had support for admin time. 
I also came with that CVICU work ethic and just thank goodness for the physician who always cautioned me about burnout. I would say stress level fluctuated based on the general acuity of the inpatient population. The consults could be very cyclical where majority of the patients seem to have a similar catastrophic diagnosis and other times not. Mondays and Fridays were the highest stress days. We would call it almost like, you know, the manic Monday where all the consults that happened over the weekend when we were not on site came in on that Monday. And then it's almost like the Friday rush where we're now trying to get in all the consults that we want to see, the, you know, the consulting physicians want us to see before the weekend occurs. So stress level fluctuated just based on acuity of the overall hospital population. Truly, my favorite part about working in the specialty is how person-centered it is. The best part about the job is being able to walk that medical journey with the patients through their stories. I get the privilege of seeing the person behind the illness to hear what matters most to them. I also get the time to hear what matters most to them. It gives me perspective to make every moment count and not to wait for an illness to give me clarity on where to place life's value. I would say the desirable skills for those wanting to work in the practice are communication skills and courage. One of the core values at the hospital is courage and courage is we dare to take risks that our faith demands of us. I worked for a Catholic um, hospital and it is difficult to give a patient bad news when the prognosis is not favorable. The other difficulty is having discussions with physicians that want to continue with interventions that sometimes can be pernicious. You know, we get into this pernicious pattern of care sometimes with medicine and how do we have the courage as the palliative care provider and even the language as the NP um, to have some of those conversations. And so I always work with nurses on languaging. One of the languaging that I would use with physicians when I'm seeing that this is not aligning with the patient's goals of care and there is inherent suffering, I would often say to them, I, I see your treatment plan, I notice your treatment plan, but help me to see what you're seeing or how is this providing the patient benefit knowing their goals? For the nursing workforce or the nursing community who, um, who may have an interest in working in the specialty, I would start with asking, is there a palliative care team in your hospital? If so, ask the shadow of the providers on the team. As a nurse, have you had a patient that was referred to the palliative care team? If so, take some time to sit in on the family meetings and observe what the team brings to the encounter. In those family meetings, you're not only acquiring communication skills, but as a direct care RN, you are the best person to advocate for the patient. Ask about incorporating palliative care in your curriculum if you are in nursing school and you're realizing that this is knowledge that's limited or lacking. And in the climate of virtual dissemination, experts in the field can provide lectures from anywhere. There are resources through the Center to Advance Palliative Care, Vital Talk, 
The Conversation Starter is also a great resource. You can connect with me. I'm always happy to share my journey in palliative care, what brings me joy about being a palliative care provider, my path to obtaining a palliative certification. So there are resources available in the specialty of palliative care. Take a look if you are a part of any professional nursing organization. Take a look in the journal on articles that are published about palliative care. I can tell you many times when you see that patient's story, you know a patient that's reflected in that story. I must highlight the ANA and HPNA call to action, nurses lead and transform palliative care. The CTA supports the belief that all persons with serious illness receive quality palliative care regardless of care setting. The pandemic has shown us that critical illness conversation and advanced care planning must not be limited just to the geriatric population with end-stage organ failure. Every one of us may face a serious illness at some point, and the nursing workforce must be equipped to support patients and families. I also strongly recommend reading Dr. Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal. It's a book that every healthcare provider should have on their shelf. Amanda, much gratitude for this opportunity and platform. I could talk about palliative care all day. If folks want to connect with me, I can be found on LinkedIn. I can also be found on Facebook. Besides my vocation, one of my avocation is people development. And so people can find me on my website, APLILLC.com. I am also the president and co-founder of Advanced Planning Learning Institute, the space where aspiring nurses invest in one-on-one -on -one high performance coaching to gain clarity and accountability so they can match performance with their potential. So again, you can find me on LinkedIn. I am also on Facebook and you can find me via my website, www.apli llc.com. This has been a delight. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.